0: Hello, everyone. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. We just wanted to give a little context, if you will. Yes, a disclaimer, as it may be, about this upcoming episode. Oh, my gosh. What a sexy voice, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this episode in particular was recorded back in November, but we're playing it now. So don't be confused of any dates, timelines, mix-up, that kind of thing. Just ignore it. Exactly.
1: You're not running out of time to buy Christmas gifts. You've already run out of time because Christmas has already happened. Exactly. There's no reason for panic or anxiety right now. That's right. Yes.
0: So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Hashtag #lifegoals. Life Goals. Enjoy, guys. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. But I'm very happy that my mom pushed me to go to school because that was the only part that I could allow some creativity in my life
1: each week we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality
2: when I went to film school the first thing they said is we're gonna destroy your movie watching experience (laughs) they
0: said the exact same thing in screenwriting we're gonna destroy your movie watching experience so it doesn't destroy it for me it it enhances it I think
2: it's so much more fun to watch a movie now so come join us it's going to be fun.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And you're listening to Hashtag Life, Goals. Life Goals. This week... Hashtag continuing education. Yes, the um,
0: things that you don't learn the first time around, and then you go back to school to learn again. Right? <laughs> yeah, one way to say it, but it's it's overall overall very positive experience.
1: These days, it's become really common for adults to go back to college um, at a later date, or not to go straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. And both Chelsea and I have done this. Yes,
0: exactly. I mean, some people do grad school. Others do like I did more of a, the professional program. But I did it two years
1: in a row. So right, sort of I like- took a break from college and mm-hmm. then went back a few years later. But we'll get into all of that.
0: Yeah. So let's let's just get what, how we're feeling out of the way because
1: we're both like. <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, we're both we're both a little run down. Exactly. Uh this week I have the snarfulies uh oh, because yes. my allergy meds have not kicked in yet. So mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, sorry, boo boo. Um I'm also on three hours of sleep because yep. I was filming on an overnight last night and I have another one tonight.
0: Yep. No, I'm I understand completely because the uh, last yes yesterday was when I was only on two hours of sleep trying to finish a project. I basically was editing until five AM and so I completely understand. And right now I'm completely dressed in what I've called all comfy potato sack I'm, It's very big, very comfy And I probably look like 20 pounds heavier But I do not care <laughs> It's just how I'm feeling right now Not gonna lie, I'm
1: wearing slippers Yeah,
0: exactly This is like the first time that we're both in like comfy-ish Obviously you're more stylish than I am Because you got the jeans on I got full on sweatpants Oh yeah And a really big hoodie And I have jewelry on <laughs> And our guest that's sitting in the corner Is putting on his hoodie as well <laughs> So we're just all getting quite comfortable indeed <laughs> So let's snuggle in <laughs> yes. And have a talk about Continuing education. Yes, getting all snuggled in. All right, so um, so you want me to start? I want you to start. I will jump
1: into the research. You jump into
0: it. Go ahead, girl.
1: So the first article I found about continuing education was from Maryville University. Mm-hmm. And it talked about the rise of adult students. Mm-hmm. So there's been a, a big increase in adult students enrolling in college programs across the last 10 years, Ooh. all starting with the major economic downturn, otherwise known as a recession, mm-hmm. in 2008. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was accompanied by widespread job losses. So a lot of people took the opportunity to go back to school. Uh, Many people realized they needed further education to improve their chances of landing employment, even though the economy has picked up since then adult adult enrollment has continued to grow year over year since 2014. So it's still growing strong.
0: That's great. That's really great to hear. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if I'm the only person that's like heard of this but I think when I was younger there was always like a little bit of a stigma of like embarrassment for adults oh, to go back to school. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: But like in all honesty even though it might be embarrassing me like yeah I'm back at school like maybe at like age like 25 or 30 and that kind of thing and honestly is Quite beneficial. But again, I can only say from like my experience and I'm only like one section. Well, that's why we're doing
1: this episode. I know, right? (laughs) I did see a lot of research that was talking about going back to school after 40 or after 50. Mm -hmm. And so you and I went back in our 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I went back to school, I definitely had tons of classmates mm-hmm. who were older.
0: Oh yeah, no that were was the
1: 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s even.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, same over at the professional program at UCLA there were definitely classmates that were like maybe like two decades older than I was and they were at school for professional screenwriting. So it was it was a very interesting experience.
1: So, Maryville University gave some reasons for the increase in adult student enrollment. They said increasing competition In the job market. Yeah. So they said older workers are faced with increasing competition from younger employees who are more educated in the latest technology. Yeah. So they (laughs) feel they need to improve or update their education, especially in digital technology, to keep up with trends and developments in their field. Otherwise, they risk career stagnation or being overlooked for promotion in favor of younger workers.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely so, see that.
1: <laughs> I haven't noticed that as much, that, like, older workers can't compete with younger workers due to technology. Mm-hmm. What I have noticed... Is jobs not wanting to hire or promote older workers because they cost more due to their experience?
0: Exactly. Younger workers
1: right out of college will have all of the technical skills because they went to school for it, but they have none of the life experience. And so, therefore, you can pay them less.
0: Less. They're more willing to take a lower, uh, lesser wage as compared to people that have done this for a long time. Be like, I know what I'm doing. I deserve a raise in a good way. In a good way.
1: Uh, Ease of access to education has increased adults going back to school. Mm -hmm. So we've had a growth in online education, making it easier for people of all ages to enroll, to take (laughs) classes on your own schedule, (laughs) and to take classes in areas where you don't have access to as many classes. Yeah,
0: no. The reason I laugh is because uh, one of my big projects is I – Edit videos for an education company that do programs like that do um, basically uh, study courses for the ACTs, SATs, DSSTs, all of the above. So I completely understand, and I mean even I am learning from the things that I'm editing for other people. So,
1: <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Another uh, reason they noted was job dissatisfaction. Many workers are uh, unhappy in their jobs and they realize that further education can be the key to enabling them to make a career change or improve their employment situation.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, sorry, this is just a random thought that popped into my head is that, yes, continuing education is will definitely improve with kind of those particular jobs. But then also, I think the other opposite side of the spectrum is that sometimes you have to get the job and learn on the go, like in the field, in order that's to get true. that education. So I think that's there's true, and an that's why battle. life
1: experience is yes. so is highly valued. It's valued, but it's more costly.
0: Exactly. So I think there's that battle between you know going back to school or getting the education so, that you need while on the field. So I don't know like, if you
1: remember. Do you remember Y two K? Refresh my memory. Okay. (laughs) Our guest is nodding his head because he (laughs) and I are closer to the same age. No,
0: it sounds familiar. So,
1: Y2K was when we were going into the year 2000. There was a huge panic about computers because all of the computer systems had been built with a two digit year. Okay. They were not prepared for a change in the four digit year. And the. Banks, especially. And so there was all of this concern that if that if they didn't update the systems to handle a four digit year, Mm -hmm. that we could experience, you know, widespread kind of meltdown on January 1st, 2000, because if if the computer systems didn't know what year it was, or they all of a sudden turned over and thought it was the year 1900, Mm -hmm. that would cause all sorts of issues to just domino effect. Okay. So the year leading into Y2K, you had all of your doomsday preppers buying tons of water and all of the supplies they need in case, like, you know, society shuts down for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, my dad was working in computer technology at the time. And so he prepped a lot of companies for Y2K. Okay. After Y2K happened, and we did prep well enough that there wasn't massive meltdowns, we didn't lose any electric grids. We didn't lose bank information. It was a relatively non-event. Uh, people are like, oh, it was a lot of hubbub for nothing. I'm like, not really, because they realized it with enough time to prepare for it. Um, and if they hadn't done that, it could have created That entire mess. Just like we prepare for if there's an earthquake and the power goes out and Mm -hmm. we don't have fresh water. Like there's all these things you have to consider. And because so much of our society runs on computers, including our utilities. Yes. It would have put a halt in those. So after Y2K, my dad became too expensive to hire. Oh. Because he was so experienced. And he he was one of the first... Wave of people to become Microsoft certified. He got certified before they offered classes in it. So he, mm. all he could do was buy the giant, you know, phone book size manuals mm-hmm. and study, study, study to then go take this, you know, test. So he became too expensive and my dad had to switch careers um. because he could no longer get hired in computer technologies because people would rather pay someone right out of college because they could pay a you know thirty thousand dollars a year or forty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. then pay someone who's got a wealth of experience that they would need to be paying sixty seventy thousand dollars a year the next article I found was on publicagenda.com the most cited reason to pursue a post-secondary credential is to get a different type of job or career 44 percent of people said that's why they Go back to school is to change careers. 27% are looking to get ahead in their current job, and 25% are just looking to expand their knowledge and worldview. Taking on debt and balancing their studies with work and family are adult prospective students' top concerns about pursuing a degree. Because, like, when you go to college right out of high school, you have no responsibilities, (laughs) usually. (laughs) Your responsibility is to stay in school and not fail. But as an adult... You have work, you have rent or mortgage, you might have kids, you have significant others. You have all of these other responsibilities that you have built up around your life. You have a lot more bills. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the major concerns, especially financial stress is a major concern for adults considering to go back for additional education. yeah, definitely. (laughs) So their study found that 46% of adults who go back to school only plan to do so part-time it's oh, probably mm-hmm. because of all of those responsibilities oh, yeah. family work finances mm-hmm. uh 24 go back full-time and about 29 percent are not sure when they go back if they're going to do full-time or part-time
0: yeah that is a struggle if you have a full-time nine-to-five <sighs> job to f- squeeze some time in for like school and
1: everything yeah so it's because you went cult. back part-time
0: yeah i went back part-time and then when i was a ta it sort of was I mean, not fully full-time, but I had to go... It was closer to full-time. It was closer to full-time on top of my other jobs and stuff that I was doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So exactly.
1: I went back to school full-time, mm-hmm. and I was often working multiple jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I completely understand that. It's it's super stressful, and it's yeah, not for it is. everybody. No, definitely. So I found se- several sources that cited this estimate by the American Council on mm-hmm. Education. They put the number of post-traditional students as having grown to between 13.3 million and 16 million, Mm -hmm. and that comprises of 60% of all undergraduate students. So they make up, adult students are making up more than a half of undergraduates. So greatvaluecolleges.net had an article about the five most popular degree programs for non-traditional adult learners. The first one was accounting because it's a rapidly changing and growing industry. And it only requires an associate's degree to get into accounting. And sometimes not even that could be just a certification. Accounting offers good wages and benefits and you become basically a skilled worker. So like my accounting work, I can charge a lot more for it than I can for the other hourly work that I do. Because you're
0: certified and you've taken lessons and you have the credit to back you
1: up. Even before I was certified, I could charge more because it is considered a skill that not everyone can do. Mm-hmm. so that's really the difference between what you can charge for something mm-hmm. so you can charge more than minimum wage what if you've put in your time yeah usually you can charge a few more dollars in minimum wage but mm-hmm. what you're really going to see a jump in is if you offer a skill that not everyone can do
0: mm-hmm. maybe that's something I got to include in like my pitch work when I talk about how I'm an editor and like I want to be able to help you out but you know I have some tricks up my sleep <laughs> it's a saturday morning i have a dog in my lap i'm just in complete
1: relax mode right now the second degree program they mentioned was cybersecurity. security um, it's in huge demand as the most of the world's business operations and pay systems are done entirely online yep. and it, they are facing a global shortage of trained professionals placing those who have credentials in cybersecurity at a distinct advantage when they're negotiating for salary and benefits. Mm,
0: Yeah, no, uh, there was a guy that I worked with when I was on the movie Suicide Squad that had a lot of knowledge about cybersecurity because that was what he did. He did a lot of research regarding that and knew all this information about, you know, hacking and, you know, firewalls and everything like that. So I was like,
1: ooh, this is quite interesting. The next degree is medical coding. So that is another industry that is experiencing a labor shortage and is also expected to grow significantly in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Liberal arts, which okay. seems kind of silly because, but the thing is, is liberal arts degrees cover a lot yeah. because it covers everything in the arts. It's not as highly specialized as the other degrees, but because it's more well-rounded, it, you know, you could have a concentration in psychology mathematics honor studies music science there's a lot of things that fall under liberal arts Mm -hmm. or can yeah um our own degrees fall under liberal arts yeah it's a
0: very specific section with like media and entertainment but liberal arts is such a wide net i mean i had an interest in psychology for a while until i almost failed it so (laughs) apparently i don't think i'd be a good psychologist but i find the subject very fascinating
1: So a degree in liberal arts can prepare students well for a variety of other academic fields, making it an excellent program choice for those who are going after an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same with applied science. It gives a broad overview of a variety of subjects, but it's concentrated in hard sciences rather than humanities. Mm-hmm. So I have both an associate of arts in liberal arts and an associate of science in applied science.
0: Nice. Yeah. Now I have media arts and entertainment with a focus in cinema and then the uh, fine theater arts. So it's all <laughs> under one
1: main category. Right. So my associates of science would be in that applied science category. Yeah, and yeah. that's my degree in cinema production. Mm hmm. So, additional careers that I found from an article by lifehack.org. So, they listed 17 of the best careers worth going back to school for. Mm -hmm. A lot of their careers fell into one of those five categories of degrees that we just talked about. Interesting. And the additional categories that I saw coming up in that were education. Marketing and business administration.
0: Yep, def- definitely, definitely. I would see say that. business
1: administration is probably definitely the one that you see the most for people who are looking to advance in their current career.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no. And I mean, with a lot of job postings that I see all the time, um, it's a lot of business administrative stuff. So, Definitely high demand in the market right now.
1: So that's everything I found for the research. I'm very proud of you. You did a very well
0: extensive research for this. well I highly appreciate it. (laughs) I fit it in in between setups last night on set. Yes, I'm. Yes, you fit it all in your busy schedule, (laughs) and you're on three hours of sleep. So that's I would applaud you. But I've got a napping dog in my lap right now, which I'll probably have to move relatively soon.
1: (laughs) Well, let's bring on our guest. Yes. Please. You and I both know him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he is a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. We both met him through the film industry. Yes. And I'd like to introduce you to Jesse Stocks.
2: Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello.
0: My gosh, it's been so long. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, it has been, what, like a year? Yeah, it's
0: been almost a year. And we also came in with matching shoes, which yes. is amazing. We have which matching awesome. Vans snitch shoes, which is a snooze. <laughs> magic snitch shoes. Try saying that three times fast, but it's amazing. Magic snitch shoes. Magic, magic, snitch, shoes. Snitch,
2: shoes. magic snitch shoes. Magic snitch shoes. shoes. It's and really I'm funny when snarkly. you say yeah, it with the lace. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Right? So that's another round of applause. Magic
2: Jeff shoes. Snitch so, um,
1: Jesse, <laughs> yeah. I think it's been about a year since I saw you as well. Have we hung out since we went and saw Halloween?
2: No, we have not.
1: We have talked since then. We have We haven't talked. hung out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I met Jesse on a zombie film uh, about three months after I left my day job. Mm -hmm. And then I brought him on to work on your film,
0: Faith. Yes, and he was... Amazing crew member, kind of helped keep everybody together, especially my sanity at the times when I was freaking out. So thank you for that, Jesse. It's much appreciated.
2: My pleasure. My pleasure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Jesse, how about you tell a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you do and how you contribute to continued or continuing education?
2: Well, I'm 37 and I like margaritas and <laughs> long walks.
0: It's, da- it's not a dating profile.
2: <laughs> oh, oh no! Okay,
1: it's not. His single. This is his platform. <laughs> this
2: was the only reason why I came on this program. Okay, I'm okay, well, okay, sorry. So,
0: uh, <laughs> don't ruin is game. Okay, I'm sorry. Jeez, sometimes the truth hurts. Ooh. Oh, I'm it, sorry. It does hurt. I'm sorry. Now,
2: uh, <laughs> it hurts so good.
0: Oh god. Okay, moving on. Moving on. So, like I
2: said, try. I'm uh I'm 37. Um. I spent some time in the Army uh, right after high school. And um, actually, I, I spent about 13 years total oh, on the military. You thank you for your service. You're service. Welcome.
0: Which uh, branch, may I ask? The Army. Oh, okay, sorry. He <laughs> like, did say that. I know he did say Open the Army. Open your ears.
2: Which part of the Army? Which part of the Army? The Air Army, army or it, the well, Sea like, yeah, Army?
0: Uh, 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 your specific role
2: <laughs> in the Army? Um, I did... About four and a half years in the Airborne Infantry, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I moved on and did more professional work like uh, logistics management and Mm -hmm. things like that, which was less exciting, but Mm -hmm. um, also less painful. Right,
1: right. I have a friend who is in the Army, and I don't know if he did any infantry time because they Took him in specifically to be a teacher. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I have a cousin that um, completed five years in the Navy, so he was um, kind of just, you know, still in the same position, but he traveled around on the same boat and did a lot of drills and everything. So now he's he's a lawyer. My dad was in the
1: Navy, and what his specialty was in the Navy was um, maintaining and repairing radar guidance systems on submarines Mm -hmm. and aircraft carriers. Mm -hmm. And so when he left the Navy, he got hired by a government contractor, uh, Mm -hmm. Raytheon, huge government contractor. And he was hired to then go to other countries and teach their navies how to repair and maintain radar radar guidance systems. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he was like, hey, I'm tired of traveling. I'm missing my little girl growing up. I would (laughs) like to be at... You know, home at the main office, sure. and so they said, "Sure, we'll put you there. We'll put you in a clean room behind nine locked doors, and have you working on the guidance systems for missiles." <laughs> they don't like that either.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's um, no Raytheon's a big company that. We worked with them a lot, and they're like, oh, you can get a job after you're out of the military. You know, you'll be making like 90 grand a year. Raytheon is a really good place to work, I will
1: say that, other than the fact that my dad did not like traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he's a people person, so it was just kind of depressing for him to be in a clean room. Like, he had to oh, yeah. lock nine doors to go to the bathroom, and his boss wasn't even allowed to know what he was working on. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay. when he was traveling with them, at first it was fine. He would have gone for like a couple weeks or a month. Then it became three months, and then they were talking about sending him for six months, and it was going to be nonstop. Mm-hmm.
2: Working for the government's depressing anyway, so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was good money. It was good benefits. He <clears> made <throat> lots of good friends while working at Raytheon. And, surprise, surprise, found out a couple of years ago, he even has a pension from them. So they get like $150 a month that they didn't yeah. know they were going to be getting.
2: Ah, All right.
0: I get yeah. Day so, night. yeah, exactly. So the so then Jesse, how did you transition from the military to the film industry and then eventually going back to college?
2: I actually I started going back to college while I was still in the military. Oh, okay. Just because I always wanted to get that degree. I had this idea in my mind that, you know, it was going to incredibly enrich my life, but I was miserable in my job. Uh-huh. Uh, I
1: What degree were you going for when you first started taking classes again?
2: Well, I had planned on, because at the time, you know, the IT industry was just massive. I mean, it was growing exponentially. and You know, I had close friends and and family members that were in it. And, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do that. So I started going to school for that, and I was miserable.
0: No, sorry about that. Just because...
2: (laughs) I am not a math person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a crunch the numbers type person. I yeah, can yeah. do it for for simple things, but I don't want to be staring at, you know, binary code and all that for yeah. No. Hours it's
1: understandable. On end. understandable. I just realized why the garbage trucks are going by on a Saturday and we've never had this problem before. Monday was a holiday. <laughs>
2: Was it? Oh, yeah. it was Veterans, that yeah, was that veterans Day. Day. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. once
1: again. <laughs> so we apologize for all of protecting us from the big garbage truck.
0: Yes, exactly. And she's now digging
1: into my backpack, trying to.
0: There's nothing there, sweetie. There's nothing. She, but she's not sure yet.
2: She doesn't she's believe sure.
0: you. <laughs> she's, now, she's now going to protect us. She's going to be a service dog. Ah, she's going to make sure there's no bombs in there. Yes, no, exactly. But yeah, no, I totally understand the not wanting to stare at a screen at the same thing over and over again, which is probably what, <sighs> what led you me do
1: to most do. of your day. Well, here's the
0: thing Here, there's, there's, a, there's a difference. <laughs> I do stare at screens all day, but it's for different projects and different, like, you know, things to do for work. It's not like the same repetitive routine over and over again as, you know, I did when I worked for a media production company as the reception or like other, uh, customer service work. It'd be like the same routine as stuff with freelance, even though it's, you know, a double-edged sword, it's a bit of, um, being able to have a little bit of variety because, you know, one thing I did for a deadline last night was for, A series that would be for like social media videos, which is very different from the narrative stuff of what I normally do or the educational stuff that I do. So there's variety in that. So I understand not wanting to always have something. But
2: there's some creativity in that. There's some
0: creativity. So,
2: I mean, like that makes a big difference. Mm IT is not very creative field, I guess, unless Mm -hmm. you're a visionary.
1: Yeah. Or if you're doing military, It's not very
2: creative. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you try and be creative, they're like, "No, no, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you doing? Put that back.
0: It, It's it's that debate of the, like, realism versus the idealism is what I always like to call it. And that kind of find that balance in kind of... There sort of should be say.
2: a happy marriage between the two.
0: Yeah, but it definitely it's very difficult, especially when, I would say, when you're younger and you just, like, either, like, got out of school or got out of college. You want to be able to do all these great things, but you have nothing to really start off from besides maybe what your family's there to offer you and things like that. I mean,
1: I had such big plans. I was always one of those people that you knew without a doubt was going to go to college, was probably going to go on to get her bachelor's and her master's. Yeah. And that's not how it fell out for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, when I went to school first, I went to UC Santa Cruz and I was there with a focus in theater. UC Santa Cruz was my safety school. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get into my top three schools. All for very strange reasons. Um, I had applied early decision for NYU. Mm -hmm. And if I had gone to NYU, the goal was to double major in theater Mm -hmm. and in entertainment business. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an actress. And my backup career that I had in my head at that time was... To own my own casting agency. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. But when I applied to NYU, I applied early decision. And that year, they sent the nicest rejection letter ever. <laughs> because that was the first year that they had done a lot of marketing around pulling in students yeah. and they were pushing early decision and me like a lot of other students had thought "Ooh, it might be hard to get into my specialized school i should go in via the college of arts and sciences at nyu mm-hmm. which is broader and then i should transfer <laughs> you know to my specialized school after i yeah. finish my general eds mm-hmm. after i'd already sent in my application i started getting courted by tesh and it was too late Mm-hmm. I'd already applied to the College of Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. My other two top schools were USC mm-hmm. and University of the Arts in Philadelphia. So USC, if I had gone there, I was going for a degree in stage management. And they only take four students a year to that program. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. I went through the whole interview process. I got into the program, mm-hmm. but then I did not get into USC, the school itself, because they never received my parents' FAFSA. And then <laughs> University of the Arts in Philly, if I had gone there, it would have been with a focus in musical theater. I flew out to Philly. I went through the entire audition <laughs> process. They were sending me course catalogs to pick my classes for the fall semester. So it was obvious that mm-hmm. I was in. Yeah. They never received my transcripts from my high school. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And especially with all of the applications that go to colleges from students graduating high school. You've Mm -hmm. got so many students to pick from for your fr- for your freshman class, yeah. that if yeah, that there are certain boxes not checked on the application, that's an easy yeah. way to, look to, at to call yeah. that no. list. No,
0: definitely. Um, I mean, when I was applying for college, um, you know, a big thing that they heavily emphasize is the SATs or ACTs. I can't remember the name of the program, but I definitely went to SAT school, shall we say. Oh yeah, like prep, so, prep, yeah. prep so then, you know, you take it the first time around and you get your score. And I did okay. I wasn't the best, but I did okay. And then you do like week courses after that. And then there was a final test. I did worse on the final tests than I did on the first test, which was very annoying, which led for me to go take the ACTs. And thank God I did that because the ACT scores translated into higher SAT scores. So if I didn't take that alternate approach, I probably wouldn't have gotten into like my first choice school or, or that kind of thing. But even then, when I got into school, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. I had to, figure that out it was
1: just <laughs> yeah I mean I took the SATs the ACTs the SAT twos um mm. like I was very much gung-ho um yeah. I went to UC Santa Cruz because my best friend went there mm-hmm. and we got an apartment together we lived off campus and I got into that horrible relationship with my ex-fiance that year yeah yeah and That just led to kind of a perfect storm. UC Santa Cruz was horrible for me. Mm.
2: Relationships are good at ruining everything. They are.
1: (laughs) But it didn't help that UC Santa Cruz was really not the right school for me. So, like, I would enjoy my lectures. But that was a school that was very much, like, made for people who can just show up and ace the test. Mm. And. It was very confusing because I would enjoy the lectures but then yeah. I would have these projects to do and I would look I would sit down to do the project of course the 11th hour because you know I'm a freshman in college and oh, yeah. I've got a boyfriend living yeah. with me say, you say know I'd sit night. down at the 11th hour and go When the hell did we learn how to do this? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I would panic and freak out because I wasn't used to not knowing how to do something. I wasn't used to failing. I was A plus Amy. (laughs) So um, I would panic and drop out of classes. Oh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, so at the end of that year, my dad was also really sick at the time. I decided to take a break. So Mm -hmm. I left UC Santa Cruz. And uh, I took a semester at a community college to kind of get me back on track. Mm-hmm. And I aced all of my classes and that, which really helped restore my confidence. But then I ended up needing to work full time yep. for a few years to help out my family. So when I went back to college, it was a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll get into the back to college in a second.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, you were talking about how you were, uh, Jesse, you were college classes while you're still in the army. And then you weren't really liking your job at that point. When was there a transition to maybe something more towards what you preferred, or like how did it
2: escalate from there? I always wanted to do film. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was five, I saw Jaws and The Thing, and I was just hooked. Those are still my two favorite movies. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, like the movies that me and my friends we all wanted to watch and that was coming out at the time, you know, it was platoon. It was Mm. born on the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. you know, it was full metal jacket, you know, so
1: like,
2: (laughs) so like watching these movies, I just thought like, I got to experience this. So Mm -hmm. I went in the military and I'm not really (laughs) cut out for the military. I'm always that guy that when they're like, you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And are there any questions? I'm the Um, one guy that's like, why don't we do it this other way? And they're like, shut up.
0: Uh, I'm I'm getting flashbacks for when I did it, because when I went to school, I did an interview of doing the musical theater program, because that's what I originally wanted wanted to do. And basically the theater, the head was like, you're going to do this, 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 and nothing else when you do the degree, any other questions. I was like, okay, I'm turning around and going back and reconsidering my life path. (laughs) How did you pick the major that you
1: picked, Chelsea?
0: Um, I, I went undecided for the first year is what happened. And then I can't remember if it, I think it was freshman year. I'm not exactly sure. I was undecided. I knew I wanted to do something with media arts and entertainment. I wasn't exactly sure. And I was able to be able to get into a communications fellows class for digital media and convergence. And these are for fellow students that applied, you know, early on freshmen. I was able to kind of work my way in there. And definitely, I was, since I was not a fellows major, I was competing with other people, you know, a lot of stakes were high. But I was able to prove myself. And I remember specifically the final project. I had one idea, and for some reason, I could not figure out the life of me how to work the microphones. For some reason, the microphones (laughs) were never working because it was an interview with my college roommate at the time, who was, you know, an international student. And so literally within 24 hours, I had to recreate a new idea, recreate a new project to present to the class. I literally only had 24 hours to do so. And luckily, I was able to get away with, like, a BB+, and my teacher was very impressed. And we're still actually good friends to this day, because, yes... What's
1: a fellows program? <laughs> is that where you go meet all the fellows?
0: <laughs> yeah. A fe- fellows program, That fellows programs would basically be, um, a, hold on, let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> okay, so to clarify, a fellows program is basically a um, kind of like a program for students that, focuses on one specific major. So there could be a fellows program for science, there could be- And your fellows program was what? Yeah, the fellows program that uh, was was for digital media. Uh, okay. so it'd be okay. for, so it would be for communications and digital media. Alright, now so, I'm Yeah, exactly. So for that class I was I didn't enroll enroll as a fellows major because obviously I was still naive and scared and like, I don't think I'm this kind of person, I don't know. But then I ended up being in a class full of fellow majors, so it was very nerve wracking. God, you were people who
1: definitely knew that this is what they wanted to do. Definitely their life.
0: knew this is what they wanted to do, definitely <sighs> knew what they were doing when I was still trying to figure everything out. And that was where I learned a handful of things with like fine. Final Cut and Photoshop and then HTML code and WordPress and all this stuff that I had no knowledge beforehand. And it was very enlightening because it definitely opened the doors of more into editing, which is what I love, and more of that post-production stuff, which is a side of the film industry that I really like being a part of because it's very creative. Right. I mean,
1: you guys heard what my... Focus was going to be at the different yeah. colleges, so we always knew I was going to be in arts and entertainment. We always knew I was going to be a performer. Yeah, but um, I was also very op- open to what direction it would take me, and so I was kind of like mm-hmm. when I picked those schools, I figured whichever school I ended up going into would kind of end up molding the trajectory my career was going to take. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. No. Exactly. But yeah, that was um that was definitely like the first kind of like step into um, the education of you know being in the entertainment industry but it wasn't until probably junior year when i started to dive more into screenwriting which is my other love because there was a teacher that was head of the screenwriting program for a very long time everybody wanted to get in everybody wanted to get on his like class list it was super super hard to get in and again like stroke of luck for some reason i didn't think i got in and then like last minute there was like a sudden change and i got into his class which was awesome and amazing. And I got to experience that that kind of love for screenwriting. And then it was after years later when I was let go slash fired from my full-time job at a media production company. And my mom suggested, oh, why don't you try diving back into screenwriting and literally handed me a brochure of the UCLA professional screenwriting program. And literally within that weekend, there was literally 48 hours to apply. I... Filled it out. I wrote everything. I rushed, drive to the office, literally hours before the office closed to hand it in. If you didn't get that, it's literally
1: because that's
2: like the fifth. Not literally. figurative.
0: <laughs> Not figurative. Literally, I am using that word way too much. I get it, but
2: you are literally using yes, that word. Yes, I too am. Much. Yes,
0: yes. Make fun of me. Come on, bring it to me. Bring it to me. But I got in and last minute, and then. I managed to get in the program, but I didn't find out till about a week after they sent me the email, because it went to my junk mail, and if I didn't check it in time, I would not have gotten in the program. I was like, oh, my fuck, why didn't I say this beforehand? And then I finally, like, applied, again, like, hours before the deadline of when I was supposed to say, yes, I'm all in, so... It was like struck of luck that (laughs) that this is all happening. It was like, someone's looking out for me because apparently this is something that has to be a part of my life and it keeps happening, so.
1: (laughs) After leaving UC Santa Cruz, I definitely knew that I wanted to eventually go back to school. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, life gets in the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, When me and the ex-fiance broke up and I moved back to California, it was with the goal of going back to school. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, though, I... Started a full-time job that was more than full-time. It was like, make I was burning the candle at both ends. And I kept trying to, f- I was job hunting for like six months, trying mm-hmm. to find, well, not six months, three months. I was job hunting for three months, trying to find a lower management position where I could be working part-time, but still be working enough hours to pay for my rent so that uh-huh. way I could go back to school. Lo and behold, then I broke my spine. Oh, well, so yeah, I right. couldn't work. So I used that as my opportunity to go back to school. So I went back to school full time. Um the first year I was just going to school. I didn't have work because I was unable to work. Mm-hmm. So I got to really dive back in. The first semester I didn't want to go too hard uh considering I'm still in a back brace. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, going to physical therapy twice a week. Um So I decided I'll take three classes. Because I was like, you know, my major had been acting before. Was that still going to be my major? I don't know. So I took one film class, one acting class, and one art class. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with film.
2: And How could you not?
1: Yes, It's so enticing. I had worked (laughs) behind the scenes as a stage manager in theater for years. Yeah. But I... I just, like, film, I don't think I had thought that much about it. I don't, because I don't think I knew that deep a detail about the roles of the film crew. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I fell in love with film. And I immediately, I I decided this is what I want to do. Within within that first year, I knew I wanted to be an assistant director and a producer. And by the beginning of my second year back in school I was producing
2: my producing and assistant directing my first feature.
0: Nice. nice. That's awesome.
2: It always cracks me up when i went to film school the first thing they said is we're gonna destroy your movie watching experience
0: <laughs> they said the exact same thing in screenwriting we're gonna destroy it your did... movie watching so experience. it doesn't it destroy doesn't. it for me I, I, it, it enhances it for me too it. yeah no. i think
2: it's so much more fun to watch a movie now because i can appreciate fully exactly oh, yeah. what's going into it oh, right. yeah. and i can look and i can go no nah, they're doing that wrong
1: yeah. Now yeah when definitely. I would now when I advise people um who are trying to learn producing skills
0: mm-hmm.
1: I definitely have had people that I've when I've taught them how to break down a script and write a budget for a film that then they go to the movies and then they call me afterwards like oh my god I can't see it the same way again I just kept <laughs> thinking about how much everything costs I'm yeah. like but isn't that amazing yeah and that's how you get good at writing budgets for films yeah
0: and it's the same with the screenwriting is that now that I've taken the program for twice um now when i go into the theater i'm like oh like this is like the first act the second act the third this is the climax this is like the low point and everything like that like i think of that in my mind of like oh they could have done so much better if they did this or they did that like i think with right. like a scriptor's brain right now and it's just it also like as you were saying just it enhances it for me because i appreciate yeah. kind of either appreciate you know the depth of the story everything that goes behind or be like uh, I could have connected more here and there rather than, you know, at this particular section here, you know?
2: <laughs> you know, when it's a really good film, like, you stop doing that. Oh, like, yeah. You'll mm-hmm. be like 10 minutes into it, and then you're just drawn into the story and you're watching it. And, wow, that was a really good movie. And yeah, then people no. People will ask for your, you know, like, what did you think of this? I'm like, uh,. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again oh, yeah, for no, a that, time. That's how you know you it's know? a good
0: movie because you have to watch it again to kind of break it down and be like, oh, this is what I like about this. I, I like this see, here and there. for yeah. me,
1: that's how you know it's a bad movie. Really? Because it means that I've mentally checked out.
2: Oh, no, not me. <laughs> it just means I've totally forgotten to, like, sit there and criticize it and I'm just like, yeah,
1: exactly. so the analyzing is so natural to who I am. It sounds
0: really wrong. You're letting it all penetrate your brain at once and just, like, be – Flooded with like everything, like right. combined in like a, like a gourmet meal or something. I don't know why I'm getting into food analogies here, but you understand what I mean. Like, sure. it's like you get all the sense, you get the flavor. Uh, Film wise, and then it's just like it overpowers you. Like.
2: <sighs> it's it still just, magical. It's
0: still magical, yeah. yeah. And then after being desensitized it for a while, you're like, oh, it's this particular part of this thing right here, and everything mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, but yeah, if it's something where like I can't connect with the characters, or it's just there's something that's very jarring to me, then I'm just no, I I can't, I back away. That's how I know it's a bad movie when I I'm immediately am nitpicky at something and i can't like get back into the story i can't connect with the characters especially characters is such a huge thing for me of course you're a writer it should be yes (laughs) have you ever
2: watched a movie that like you're watching it and you realize you're like this is just a badly done movie (laughs) but at the same time you're you're just like having fun watching it like you're Uh... like i shouldn't i shouldn't enjoy watching it but i kind of am
0: yeah i could I mean, people Not pro- because it's
2: like a crazy low budget, terrible <laughs> you know, D movie, but like because it's like, you know, a first rate movie that's just been done pretty poorly. Yeah. But somehow it manages to keep you there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, people are probably going to hate me saying this, but. I really don't like comedies like the um Sasha Baron Cohen or the other like ones that are focused solely on like certain comedians or that kind of thing where it's just all it is is like jokes 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 and there's real not really big story going on there. You know, like uh, That's nev- what was that what <laughs> like say? all
2: sitcoms? Like
0: all sitcoms? <laughs> yeah. There's I don't like a big majority of sitcoms because I think figure they focus more on the joke too much and like I hate to Point out Sasha Baron Cohn, but his is definitely more like. It, I, he pushes the edge for me. Right. He pushes the edge for me on, like, some, you know, some racist jokes and things like that. And I understand that for a good portion of the audience out there, they need that sort of distraction and they just want to mentally check out and just laugh the entire time. Me, I want to connect. And those kind of movies, I really can't connect on. Like.
1: See, that's how I feel about a lot of the big blockbuster movies. Yeah. That's how some I'm are blockbuster. blockbusters, yeah. like, yeah. I don't. I get the need that people want to go to the movies to escape and I get that I see their place in our society Mm -hmm. I'm not going to rush out to see them unless my boyfriend worked on it
0: yeah and then like if it's something that I'm interested in then I'll go see it if not then I'll just watch it on Netflix later like I don't watch a lot of the superhero or comic book movies but there's every one every once in a while that I will go and check out and watch because it's good like recently (laughs) I just watched the first uh, actually the second of the new Spider-Man with Tom Holland I didn't see the first one but I saw the second one and that was actually a really good one it surprised me a lot right even
2: really a superhero movie it was more of a comedy it
0: was more of a comedy yeah it really was and i think that was what it kind of turned on its head a little bit and it shocked me a little and then i just i loved the characters i actually liked the story that was going on underneath and i liked the twist and everything that happened
1: so yeah so jesse (laughs) when i first (laughs) met you um you were about to start going back to school Uh uh-huh so Now that you've been back in it for two years or so, have you decided where you want to land in the film industry? Have you kind of narrowed in on a focus?
2: Um, Yeah. So uh, I have a creative partner that I met in school. I think the whole purpose of film school is to just meet those people that you want. Right. You know, to work with.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I figured out really quickly that I wanted to switch careers to film once I went back to school. Mm -hmm. That first semester, I went and asked my film teacher and I said, hey, if I'm going to make this my career, do I need to get a BA? Because if so, I need to know now because that'll change what general eds I take. And she said, no, you don't need a BA to work in film. People get a BA in film so they can network.
2: Right. Mm. So
1: that way they can meet people. She's like, You have no problem networking.
0: Oh no. And she'd <laughs> only
1: known me for a month and a half, two months. She's like, You'll be fine.
0: Yes, miss networking. You don't. From prom.
1: <laughs> and I was like, Great. I like hearing that I don't need to rack up eighty thousand dollars in student loans. Yeah, no, right. You do not.
2: <laughs> no, it's great. That's the the whole purpose of film is I mean, like, there there is a little bit of like the technical side that you learn. You know, but, like, you meet and work on student films with people who all have a different area of focus. And, like like me, my focus is directing, writing, and then, for some reason, people keep on pulling me to do AD. Um, it's not my passion, but I enjoy it. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. it's... <clears throat> I did a lot of the similar stuff in the military.
1: Right. Yeah. And you then, can keep people in line.
2: Yeah. I don't know <laughs> why I'm... You know, I'm five foot four. Like, for some reason, people find me to be intimidating at times. But, like, <laughs> you guys have been around me. I'm pretty easygoing, no, soft-spoken. You, you know. definitely
0: are. But you definitely... Um, you don't
1: want to see him angry, though. No, you don't. No. <laughs> you don't.
0: No, exactly. But you definitely, I uh, think as what Amy was saying, even though, you know, you say you're like, you know, you're small and everything like that, um, you definitely know how to p- put people in line and to, you know, get shit done when stuff needs to get done. There is that seriousness in your presence shall we say
2: okay <laughs> i mean like well we're all there for a purpose yeah and if you're wasting time mm-hmm. then you Why just are you there? you're not yeah i mean like if we want to hang out let's finish and then let's go to a bar and hang exactly. out exactly or you know. let's go to somebody's house and hang out and do whatever but like while we're there optimize your time let's mm-hmm. get it done what do you need done what can I help you with Chelsea? What can I help you with? I think
1: that's one (laughs) of the things that is so different about the film industry Mm -hmm. is that everybody is truly there to achieve the same goal. Mm
2: -hmm. Whatever
1: the project is, they're all there to achieve that goal where you don't find that in a lot of other work industries. Yeah. You know, people are there for the paycheck or they're there for the benefits or they're there to kill time until the right opportunity comes up. Yeah. Um, you like in an you know in a lot of industries, it's that kind of diamond in the rough that is that person who has so much passion for what they do. Yes, it's not the norm.
0: Yeah, and it's so much a norm in the film industry as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, in one way, shape, or form, whether you're a producer, you're a director, you're a writer, whatever it is, there is a tiny bit of creative passion in you know doing that particular job. I mean, yes, and when you get to like the high rolling stakes, like oh, it's for the money and things like that. It all started from a passion of some sort. It all started from some creative outlook.
2: Well, even if you're, you know, just a union guy, just doing it for the money or whatever, mm-hmm. there's like, there's like, you're taking part in something creative. So yeah. even if you're just the driver, you know, and yeah. you're driving people to and from a location, you know, like you're a part of something and those union drivers get paid. Really well, actually. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you're you're making magic happen because you're creating something out of nothing. Exactly. Without
2: you, without every single piece, the film doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool because I mean, obviously the big names are the producers, the directors, Mm -hmm. the writers, and the actors. Yeah. But like, without every single other piece working as hard as they can, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, you see all the above the line people, which are you know, as you said, the actors, producers, and then below the line is everybody else that have worked a hundred and ten percent or even
1: more which is project. why i urge people to not jump right up once those lights go up in the movie theater mm-hmm. sit there and watch the entire credit sequence mm-hmm. just read through the names like you know catch the ones you can catch yeah you'll be one amazed at how many people put together a film yes especially if you're reading it not just watching it scroll by sure. mm-hmm. and two you know, that's like a sign of respect for the work that all of those people did. Exactly. That's
2: why I love watching films in LA. Because mm-hmm. in LA, usually when you go and you watch a movie, especially at like a smaller theater, like the Lamleys, yep. um, you know, everyone stays and they stay through the whole credits that's and they amazing. read everything and then they clap at the end.
1: Yeah. My biggest yeah. frustration is that I can't hit pause like you can on a DVD. Yeah. Because when my boyfriend's name crosses the screen, it's usually... In a paragraph-sized bulk of names. they mm. no longer listed in rows. Sure.
2: But yeah. just, like,
1: running all together. And I'm trying so, so hard to see <laughs> his name. And it's not an alphabetical order. There's no order to it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean, like, I'm one particular... Poor visual effects, yeah, guys. Exactly. Yeah, And oh. girls. Yeah, like, a particular pride moment, I guess I'll say, is... Um, when, uh, when I was on Suicide Squad, um, literally after that movie came out, I think I got, like, five or ten people that sent me photos of when they took my name,
2: oh, pictured my cool. name in the so credits.
0: Cute. It was very adorable. And it wasn't in paragraph form. There were other names there, but like they had my name first because I was, like, the first big one for that visual effects, and then they right. had everybody else afterwards. But everyone was like, oh my God, my friend Chelsea was part of this, and they were part of this, they were part of this Oscar award-winning, which was mainly for the costumes, but still, Oscar award-winning movie. I'm like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, I was giddy, but I was, like, embarrassed. Did anybody yeah, send Pictures
1: of your name from American Hustle. My name was not on American Hustle, unfortunately. I'm like that's a way better movie. I I, I mean,
0: I mean, uh, well, I mean. Yeah, I will say that I think Suicide Squad could have been a little bit better, but from being on the inside with what they had, I think they made the best solution possible. But I do love American Hustle more, but uh, yeah, I remember my family tried to stay after to watch the credits and they didn't see my main name and I think they got a little bit pissed. But at the same time, my role was a little bit smaller in American Hustle than it right. was in Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was a lot bigger and it was a lot longer production because I was there for like six, nine months, while American Hustle was only for like three
2: so, yeah. But yeah, Suicide Squad was what? $300 million movie?
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, made, they had the
1: money to put your name on the screen.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and they made back... But like, so Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, I'm
1: coming after you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then they made back like twice its money as well. Because even though it may not have been like the most favorite movie, it earned back its money. That's because it's a yeah.
1: blockbuster. It's a popcorn movie. <laughs> and we discussed that. People want to go to a Ah. So, what has been the biggest challenge for you, Jesse, in going back to school?
2: Oh, uh, well, I have kids, and wow. uh, when I came out here to go to school, my then wife at the time, they came out about three and a half, four months later, and um, just balancing school and then trying to do side work and. Uh, Being very involved with my kids, you know, I would pick them up from school. I would, you know, help them with their homework. I would hang out with them, play with them, take an ice cream, try, even though I had no money, you Mm -hmm. know, to take them to go and do fun things, you know, get them ready for bed. I was very involved. I I love being a dad. I think it's amazing. So I think the hardest thing is like having to sacrifice some of that time, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know, and like also going to school, you don't have any money.
1: No. So yeah, no.
2: like, um, whereas I used to have this, you know, cushy government, job. Cushy gover- it was a cushy, cushy government job, right? especially compared <laughs> to what it is now. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But, you know, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still happier than I was back then. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, going from having money to do things all the time to, you know, like maybe I can take the kids to go get ice cream this week. You know, be really cool. <laughs> right. Like, it sucks. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But You know, in the end, if you're chasing... I think one of the things, the reasons why people go back to school now when they're older is because way back in the day, you know, we all know about the American dream. It was, you know, shoved down our throats as kids. But that didn't exist prior to World War II. The American dream was not that you would have a house in the suburbs and a steady job and all of these things none of that was guaranteed it wasn't part of the only american dream there was was that you had the option to maybe get a job someday
1: mm-hmm. you right know,
2: and earn a living that you'd live That's to it. see
1: adulthood and yeah. you know
2: hopefully
1: hopefully be able to support your family
2: yeah mm-hmm. but when my dad was growing up you know the american dream was you know Find a career out of high school or out of college, and you stick with that career for 30, 40 years. Then you retire. You know, you've raised some kids. You're in the suburbs, and, and that's pretty much it. I think that's kind of dull.
1: Well, how was, what was your biggest challenge going back to school at Chelsea? Uh, I mean,
0: <clears throat> at the time when I lost my full-time job, it was when I had to rely on TEP agency for work. So that was a part where I had to basically kind of give up a little bit of that creativity to get financial stable income. But I'm very happy that my mom pushed me to basically go to school because that was the only part that I could allow some creativity in my life and to get back into it. Because if I didn't and I was solely doing the 10 agency stuff forever and I was at one particular job, For a long time, and it was very helpful and beneficial money-wise, but it obviously was not what I wanted to do. And after a certain period, if I had stayed with that company, they then the temp agency would have taken me off, and then they would have made me like a permanent full employee. And that's not what I wanted. Right. So I'm very happy that when I went for school for, you know, writing – That was when I started to become a little bit more, okay, maybe I should start translating uh, my work ethic into something more creative. And that's when I started with opening up my own website and portfolio and to kind of put out jobs for editing Because then I started to also get payment for that. It was part-time, but I started to get payment for that. And then it started to steadily grow with some, you know, some ups and downs. As I've discussed, there are times that I've been interviewed and they say they have stuff for me, they want me on, and then they tell me, oh, we're going to go with somebody else. Right. But definitely stuff has changed because the last week has been very stressful as I keep getting interviewed. I keep on getting more projects. Right. And That's a
2: good stress. No,
0: it's it's good stress. I mean, I think as I mentioned earlier, I was up till 5 a.m. the other day editing something for a deadline. So that way I can focus on the next project the next day, which is done. So now it's like kind of like... At least I have that, and it's all paying stuff now. So as we've talked about it in a previous episode, Amy, for Goal Updates, I've been able to make freelancing and editing kind of more the stable income where I get most of my money while I'm still having to work some some side jobs here and there, maybe some temp stuff, maybe some stuff with the uh, aerial Yoga Studio that I assist at sometimes. But it's more of kind of where I get more of my money from. So I think that was kind of the biggest challenge at that point is that I had to start fiddling around with that balance between like I need to get money so focus on the temp while I'm still going to school but then finding out I need to start translating that into my passion right yeah exactly so that was the biggest struggle but I'm happy that I went through that because if I didn't and I didn't also realize sooner I probably would still be stuck there and I probably wouldn't be here doing this podcast (laughs) it encouraged me to think outside the box being a part of the program and I mean I loved it so much I ended up TAing and taking it again for the second year. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. My biggest challenge was I held a lot of resentments for the, long, the long-term the long relationships that I had been in that held me back from pursuing my career goals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to let any of that hold me back again. So, once I was back in school, I was back in full A plus Amy mode. Yep. And my biggest challenge then was my biological clock
2: because
1: I am, you know, I am committing to starting this new career. It's going to take time. Um, and I feel like I have all of these things that I need to do. Um, and I don't want to run out of time to have kids which was sometimes then hard to like let go of some of those longer relationships because it's like, oh, great. Now I got to start all over again. I got (laughs) to meet somebody. I got (laughs) to date somebody. I got to get married. And then maybe I can have a baby. But I'm glad that I chose to prioritize what I want out of life in the terms of my career. Mm -hmm. And so we've discussed before, like now I'm at this point where my career comes first. And then after that, I want babies. Mm -hmm. If I have a partner for that, amazing. If Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm doing it anyway.
0: Yes, exactly. I think focusing on yourself is what's most important because I think um, somewhat related to this, people will depend on other people and each other when you should rely on you and make yourself happy. You are number one priority. Right. Right. All right, Jesse, your turn. He talked about it. Oh, wait. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Whoop-de-do!
2: We'll just put that on a loop and <laughs> run right again. Well, well, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> no, go ahead,
0: go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was going to say that's uh, that's good because mm-hmm. I mean, once you have kids, like any kind of priority for yourself,
1: it goes you by know, the wayside.
2: Well, even if it doesn't, you know, you even take that time for yourself, you're like, oh my god, am I being selfish? You know, am I being you right. know, I'm being an asshole because mm-hmm. you know I could be spending this time doing well whatever abc with my children yeah yeah for my children. so and then this job isn't really conducive to having kids anyways i mean like mm-hmm. you're on all the time
0: oh yes you're <laughs> on call you're waiting you're working weekends you're working
2: holidays you're constantly stressed you're wondering what's going on exactly. you're answering emails you're answering texts
1: you're you know Working yeah. till four in the morning, getting yes. to bed at five. Exactly. Yeah. Showing up at the podcast. Yes. Doing mm-hmm. lines of cocaine at, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> at the craft service table. That's that, that we table. were having that yep. discussion last yes. night. That was, they, yeah. That in the 80s, the craft service table included cocaine. <laughs> it is quite an unstable,
0: kind of unstable uh, path. But I mean, it's somehow appealing because here we all are. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I mean, and I listened to some of the podcasts before I came on I you know that way you. I wasn't completely like unprepared I was like what am I going <laughs> into and I don't know with you two you guys are crazy but um
0: <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm.
2: Uh you had mentioned that you're like a huge Spielberg fan he's one of your yeah. favorite directors producers he's yeah, he is. one of mine mm-hmm. you know we all grew up watching the same movies yeah. and Something that the 80s have that the 70s and the 60s did not have was mm. that sense of wonder and magic. Right. Mm. And like Spielberg brought that. And we all grew up on yes, that. And now we're did. the product of that is yeah. So, yeah, it's a little different. You know, you get into the 60s and 70s, it's darker. Yes. But... You know, it feels like those 80s movies just kind of stuck with everybody and obviously we're like oh, yeah. in a renaissance of all all things 80s. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, maybe we can just blame Spielberg.
1: We <laughs> can blame Spielberg <laughs> for everything. So <laughs> if you were to give someone advice on going back to school, what would that advice be?
2: Do you really need it? If you're going for self-improvement or you're going to learn more, I would say save yourself the money and read. Mm -hmm. When I went to school, when I went to elementary school, junior high, high school, like when you were mentioning the ACTs, like I aced my English. I think I got like a 29 on my ACTs on my English, but like I fell asleep during my math and science ones. (laughs) Um, But I learned everything that I know now. I didn't learn a lot of it during school there are some things that mm-hmm. i did but most of what i learned was self-taught just by reading about it yeah. yeah and and talking to people who have more knowledge so like
1: i love school and i love learning but yeah i mean sometimes you got to look at what the financial impact is going to be and is mm-hmm. there another way for you to learn the same thing
0: exactly i'm not in
1: school anymore but i am learning romanian i am Good. learning calculus mm-hmm. like those are things that i am doing on my own Yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely kind of like that toss of like, as you were saying, kind of like, you know, going back to school and then also like the lifestyle experience, that kind of thing. So it's, it's always, I don't want to say it's controversial, but it's always kind of like teeter totter, which one to go for, because you don't know, sometimes you'll learn more stuff from here, but you'll also learn more stuff when you're actually doing it, like for UCLA even though I probably could have learned, I already knew a good portion of that stuff and I could have learned more by like doing the own experience. I think being surrounded with other creative individuals and actually interviewing and talking with like, professionals that came to lectures and then having an amazing teacher and teacher excuse me and being able to have the writing groups and be able to do that because I've never had that before that helped a lot with like getting notes from people and like oh I can improve in this so
1: it was beneficial right, that helped for you me. grow as a writer exactly
0: it wasn't it wasn't more just the, the lectures were great and everything but I think being able to connect with other creative individuals and work and collaborate as a team right is was big for me and I think that's how collaboration has become a big important thing in my work now because you can always use some sort of opinion or advice or help from somebody else to make it the best project possible i mean you can do everything yourself great but you you're only viewing it from your perspective you're not viewing it from everybody else
2: i mean if you're doing it for a career change you kind of have to go back to school yeah right
1: yeah Um, right like when i went back to school um what was great is that You know, I didn't have a ton of... I had a full understanding of theater. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a complete understanding of film. Mm -hmm. And so I got all of those technical skills. Yeah. You know, I understand how every department works and how to do a lot of the things that we do to make a movie happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I
2: think having to do the arts, like anything having to do with the arts, you know, film, theater, things like that, I think it's kind of necessary to go back to school because, yeah, you... You can't learn how to collaborate with people on your own. And you can't get those experiences. And also, especially being an older person, older person, (laughs) listen to myself, (laughs) but especially being somebody who's like not straight out of high school and going back, you get to, you get to get the point of view of people who are much younger than you. And you get, you know, students from like where I've been going students from all over the world, not just from America going to this film school. And so you get different perspectives on like, you know, the entertainment industry and right, you know, like what's going to sell and things like that.
1: And I think when people learn the technical skills, if they in from film, if they learn them on the job and don't have the academic background of it, Mm -hmm. they don't really fully learn it. They don't learn the why's behind it. They don't understand, you know, the specifics, for example, we're so spoiled now with digital cameras, and all the things that they can just do for us that we if you didn't learn how to do all of that on film, you don't understand why any of it's important.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You don't understand the importance of measuring for focus.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you should because if you measure for phone, I mean, that's the thing. It's very important. If you
1: didn't go to, if you didn't take classes in it and you just learned on the job, likelihood is they're not going to take the time to break all of that down for you.
2: I think also one of the biggest problems is that with digital cameras, directors aren't afraid to take like 10, 12 takes of something. That's
1: absolutely a problem. Whereas Mm -hmm. with
2: film, now you're running money because film stock costs a lot and yeah. so like i love i heard uh on another podcast uh they were talking about it was marcia gay harden I, mm-hmm. you know her i love her she's a great actress um she was talking about working with clinton oh, the girl
1: from the oc
2: no uh no. she plays uh tim robbins wife in uh mystic river she was in uh, okay. uh the
0: you're thinking Misha Barton. First one. <laughs> You're thinking Misha Barton. Sounds it's the same. It very does different. sound very similar. Yeah, very different.
2: Uh, but she was talking about Clint Eastwood and working with him and how he only did like two takes max of every mm-hmm. single scene. Yeah. And like it was just so efficient. And you see Clint Eastwood pumping out these movies like, you I mean, know, right, one yeah. or two a year at least. Right. And they're not... I mean, they're good. They're really, not all of them are Oscar winners, but they're all good. There's mm-hmm. not a single one that you can go, that was just that's a that load film, of crap.
1: That's that film discipline. Yeah,
2: yeah. like Sounds knowing like... exactly what you're doing. That was why I loved watching The Irishman, if you guys haven't seen I it. Haven't I have it on my list. Yet.
0: I have it on my list. You
2: should make that your challenge. Go and watch it without a pee break. Um, <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Without a pee break, okay.
2: Because it's like three and a half hours long.
0: Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what was great about that movie is you know Martin Scorsese he was a he was an auteur he was you know a groundbreaker you know he did Goodfellas and Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and all these movies and you go and watch where these formerly groundbreaking actors Joe Pesci Mm -hmm. uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and you watch them you know at the other end of their career Mm -hmm. with somebody like Martin Scorsese also at the other end of their career and they come together and you're watching a bunch of professionals make this amazing beautiful movie and you just I don't know there's something about like being so good and Mm -hmm. at that age Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to watch so look forward to it
1: yeah so if any of you guys missed it uh, we've already been given our challenge for the episode, and that is to watch
2: The Irishman.
0: Without having to go for a pee break because it's three and a half hours long. <laughs> I didn't know no. it was that long.
2: I mean, I had some beer, but... Yeah, <laughs> okay. I did have to.
1: Got it. Got yeah. it, got it got he it. wants us to succeed where he failed. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Alrighty. Fantastic.
2: I'll succeed the next time. <laughs> that That's good. Was...
1: That means it was good enough that you're going to watch that movie a second time. Oh, I mean, definitely. The... Uh, O.J. Simpson documentary that was seven and a half hours long. I think I've watched it three times.
2: Is that a pee break?
1: No, because <laughs> a lot of times it was two hours at a time. Oh, okay. Because I had to go to work.
2: Yeah, mm. but
1: that it was so well done that I've watched it multiple times.
2: Is it a documentary? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Not I was the reenactment.
2: O.J. Because that was really a lot of fun. I loved watching it.
1: The People vs. O.J. Simpson is, I think, the one I'm talking about. I think you're talking about the American... I don't know. There were two of them. I mix them up all the time, the names of them. The one that is not a reenactment with David Schwimmer playing okay, an Armenian. That's,
2: that's the one I watched. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't that. That was an that. odd choice. Um, yeah.
1: I couldn't I couldn't get into that. And I think part of it is because I saw the other documentary
2: okay. first.
1: Mm. And it was just so perfectly done that the other one was just like, okay, I'm trying to get into this. This is not being presented as well. All right, I'll take Cuba Gooding Jr. as O.J. Simpson. I'm like, you want me to accept David Schwimmer as an Armenian?
2: I'm out. Mm. John Travolta's role was brilliant. Mm -hmm. He was so funny. I don't think I made it far enough to see him. He missed out. That was probably the (laughs) highlight of the whole thing.
0: (laughs) All right, well, should we move on to our uh, next section? Absolutely, It's time for hashtag hood. All right. If you don't know, we use the hashtag of the episode, put it on Twitter, and see what results yield. And um, <laughs> it was interesting because I used continued education, and there was a good portion of whether it was promoting events or there'd be like, hey, do you need lessons of this? Come and do blah, 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 blah.
1: Hashtag continued education. So <laughs> right. Probably a lot of, yeah. you know, University of Phoenix. Oh, ads yeah. and
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely. University of
1: Phoenix.
0: Yep. <laughs> Exactly. That's like the most commercialized community college that you see always on the billboards and on ads and on websites. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're doing a good job so far. Alrighty. righty. So uh, for some of these, I will blank out some names because they obviously promote to like certain people. Well, not promote, but they mention certain people. And we don't know who those people are and we don't want to get sued. So
1: <laughs>
0: all right. First one. Now you're
1: thinking like a producer.
0: <laughs> I learned from the best. I now feel safer with these two rounds. Blank and Blank are now trained to at stop underscore the underscore bleed. If something ever happens to me and I need emergency assistance, I know they will be the ones to help me keep me alive. So basically they got education for emergency safety for first aid exactly. So that way they can save people.
2: Is that considered continuing education? I thought first aid was like something you you Um, It's
0: supposed to be. It's supposed to be something that you're supposed to know know it, but I guess not apparently i mean i did learn first aid when i was doing girl scouts and then also as like a separate course in high school along with a bunch of my other friends so that was i guess another branch of education that i guess not a lot of people chose i know i know all of (laughs) but yeah there's that right sorry interesting yeah very interesting (laughs) Congratulations to my wife, Blank, for getting her CDME. For those who don't know, the Certified Destination Management Executive is the tourism industry's highest individual education achievement. Did not know that. Did not know that. So, so congratulations to you, Blank.
1: Again, don't want to get sued. Good job, Blank.
2: Good job, Blank. Very (laughs) prestigious. I don't think we can
1: get sued, considering they put it out on the internet. Yeah, that's true, but I mean, you know. These are public posts. They
0: are public posts. true. Um... Uh, That's just someone hanging their diploma. Phyllis.
2: Okay. Phyllis. Phyllis. Yeah, we'll say Phyllis. Good
0: job, Phyllis. (laughs) We like, we like, we... Okay. Okay. We spent like ten minutes in the screenwriting class talking about sustainable farming. Hashtag
1: continued education. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All it those happens. different
1: things, yeah, where our conversations go off on tangents.
0: Exactly, but then you never know when your next creative like burst can come from, and sometimes it can come from sustainable farm living. <laughs> I think this is a good one to end it on. You may not understand everything completely, but should know something. Of everything to make an informed decision. In this connected world, you get information about anything. Use it wisely. Hashtag continued education, hashtag Friday Thoughts.
1: I think that's a really good question. That's a nice to one on. to end on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean that's why my film education was so diverse is, you know, especially as a producer, I need to understand what I am asking of my team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. if I don't understand what their job entails. I won't have realistic expectations for them.
0: Yeah, no, I'd say it's the same thing when you're also being a writer and director as well. Even though I've only done basically two films, from being in that position, I've had to learn the more professional business side of, like, this is what I'm expecting, this is what I'm seeing, and I'm seeing a growth in that. <laughs> I think, from when I did Let Go to when we did Faith, because Let right. Go, you saw me in Let Go. I was still a little all over the place and trying to figure things out, and I would like to think with Faith, I had more shit together, yes. and I had a better visual understanding going into it, right so, and I'm hoping to just progress that even more for you know our third short. That will probably be not until next year, but yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, next year, uh, <laughs> I will be directing Chelsea's next short. Yes. Because so. I
0: will be writing and acting in it because it's something very personal and dear to me. It deals with a lot of, uh, with like mental health and depression and stuff like that. And it's stuff I wouldn't know
2: over. anything about that.
0: So. <laughs> As he <laughs> leans into the microphone. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to circle back and be like, hey, you want to do this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll Jeez, probably look, say
1: yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Well Jesse, I'm so glad you were able to join us today yes, for this thank discussion. You. Thanks for
2: having me. No. It's I been mean,
1: great to catch up and yes. see where your career is taking you. Yeah, <laughs>
0: definitely. Is there anything you want to plug like social media where people can follow you? If you're interested. If you're not, you don't have to. But.
2: No, I mean I don't really have a huge social media presence. Oh, okay. Because most of the time it's just it feels exhausting to me.
0: Oh, it is. It exhausting. exhausting. Like, <laughs> it can be for sure.
2: Like, I'll meet with people and, and, you know, I can do one-on-ones, but social media, like, having to, like, hashtag everything and... Yep. I... it's not my thing.
0: So basically you're saying you're a diamond in the rough and then if people find you, they're the lucky ones.
1: Yeah, if you want to hire Jesse or you want to know how he is on set, feel free to reach out to us at Life Goals Pod. Yeah, we will please. give you the lowdown. Yes, definitely. We'll we'll give you that insider scoop.
2: Yeah, talk to Amy and Chelsea. They're my people. They
0: can ah, get in ah, touch ah, with they're my me. people. I and love then we'll that. do lunch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For only an hour because, you know, we're so busy.
2: That's why I like doing one on one things. It's like, let's go do lunch. Cool. You're paying Yeah, me. do oh, this. Yeah. First
0: impression. Let's see if at least we can make this work. Mm hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right guys so that's it for us today mm-hmm. until next time I'm Amy Covell and I'm Chelsea Wingo and you've been listening to hashtag life goals have a great day everybody Bye bye